Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis, and I'm recording this on the 18th of May, 2020. And I'm getting tired of repeating this, but yes, we're still in the COVID-19 crisis with all the ramifications and implications it has for us. It's a phenomenon I've been keeping track of since COVID broke out, which I'd like to talk to you about today. For those of you who have been following me for a while now, you know that I talk a lot about religious extremism, and more narrowly, violent religious extremism, which of course is a form of terrorism. As a former strategic analyst at CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, I specialized in Islamist extremism, jihadism, call it what you will, for a few reasons. One, it was it did pose a threat to Canadian public safety, and secondly, for the past two decades or so, it's been the single most, single greatest form of violent religious extremism in the world. Is that changing? I don't think so. Some have argued otherwise. I'm going to leave that aside for now. But what I want to focus on today is nonviolent religious extremism. And I think this is an issue that needs to be talked about because at a minimum, it's unhelpful. And it does have the potential to morph or to change into something a little more critical, possibly violent. What kind of extremism am I referring to? Well, before I get there, it's important to note that what I mean by religious extremism are religious practices, religious beliefs that are not a combination of mainstream, normative, or moderate. Those three terms all being something a little bit different, but I think you get where I'm going here. We all believe that or most people believe that there is a normative way of thinking when it comes to religion, whether it's Hinduism or Buddhism or Christianity or Islam or Judaism, whatever. And there are those that stray from that normative view. So I want to focus on the extremist view right now. And what I've been noticing is something really curious. There have been pockets around the world in a variety of religions whereby religious leaders and sometimes just the hoi polloi, just the average religious person, has been ignoring warnings and, in some cases, orders and legislation to maintain physical distancing during the COVID-19 crisis. We've all been told that the easiest way to catch the disease is to be in proximity to someone who already has it. It does spread via droplets out of one's exhalation. Of course, if you touch surfaces if somebody's touched that's infected, you can get it that way as well. So we've all been told to maintain this two-meter distance. And one of the implications is that is that religious services, which often involve people in very, very close physical contact, have been canceled. I know that the Catholic Pope had Easter Mass in, in, in St. Peter's Square in Vatican, and there was nobody there because they couldn't risk the possibility of people being too close together to catch the disease. And we all know that Italy, in fact, for the longest time, was one of the Western countries with the highest rate of COVID-19 infections and one of the highest death rates. So what the Pope did was the, was the right thing to do. And yet, we are seeing a number of instances where people from a variety of faiths, and I'll give you some examples, have not just ignored the advice to stay two meters apart, but have done the opposite. I've seen reports of some Christian ministers who claim, and I'm quoting here, that if you take communion, so the body and blood of Christ, that will protect you from COVID. Jesus would not allow anybody who consumes his body and blood to become infected. I have seen instances where there have been Orthodox Jews in parts of Jerusalem, other parts of Israel, who live in uh, very close proximity to one another. Orthodox Jews often have very, very large families, and they are demanding that prayer services, mostly men, continue, despite the fact that these prayer services might 
lead to people becoming infected, bringing it back to their homes, infecting their children and their, and their spouses, and infecting other people in the neighborhood. I have seen references to Hindu extremists, Hindu nationalists, who demand that prayers and that gatherings be maintained in the face of COVID-19. I've seen the same thing with Islamist extremists, mullahs, imams, demanding that Friday prayers, for example, continue, or that the nightly prayers during the, the holy month of Ramadan, when you break your fast for the day, the people gather to celebrate together. These are all bad ideas. These are all ideas that could, in fact, make the COVID-19 crisis worse. They could spread the disease much, much further. And yet these people have this, some kind of, they got this notion that because they're religious people, they're faithful people, they believe in their God or gods, depending on their religion, that they're somehow protected. Somehow, that somehow faith grants you an immunity from a virus. And look, I don't want to insult anybody who's religious out there. If you pray to be protected from the virus, if you pray and believe in a God that gives you salvation, that's fine. If that makes you feel better, that's fine. If, if being religious and being faithful and being attentive to your spiritual needs is helping you to get through COVID, fantastic. We all know that there have been a lot of reports about an increase in mental health problems because of COVID, because of isolation. People aren't working, they aren't getting out, they aren't seeing their families. So I fully understand why some people who happen to be religious in nature are seeking solace in that religion. And that's a great thing. If it works for you, I've got no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is whereby you say that my religion means so much to me that I'm going to ignore public health advice. I'm going to ignore the government. I'm going to ignore the scientists. I'm going to ignore everybody who has a really good handle on how this disease is spread because they're wrong and I'm right. And my God's going to protect me. Your God may very well protect you, but what if he doesn't or she doesn't? I'm gender neutral on this. What if you contract the disease and then spread it to your family and your family spreads it to people around the neighborhood? Is that okay? Does that indicate maybe you've sinned in the eyes of God? That God has not looked upon you favorably? I don't want to get into these, these reasons as to why you would contract it in, in, in spite of the fact that you're faithful. The bottom line is you shouldn't be doing this because you're putting other people at risk. If you want to put your, yourself at risk, fill your boots. Get infected. Stay home. I don't care what happens to you. But you have no right to gather in religious communities and infect other people that makes the problem worse. I don't know where this thing is going right now. I don't know whether you're going to see some of these groups who are forbidden to meet for common prayers, for services, for liturgies, for masses, whatever, are going to start lashing out violently because they can't get what they want. I, I, I can't go there just yet. I can't predict the future, but I see it as, it as a distinct possibility depending on how long this physical and social isolation continues. I guess watch this space is the best thing I can say right now. I, I want to end on an interesting note that just, I just read out of a, a Singaporean news site, the Singapore Times, very good newspaper, by the way, online. And they're saying that in Indonesia, they're finding that some of the jihadis who normally would be planning attacks in Southeast Asia, these are guys linked to Islamic State or ISIS, are actually staying home. And they're staying home with this notion that they're going to get affected by the coronavirus anyway, and 
they're going to die as martyrs and then go to heaven. I don't, I don't quite see how you get there, but it's an interesting take on the disease. And it, and it does suggest to me at least one reason why, counter to what so many so-called experts are saying, we're actually seeing a decrease in terrorism during COVID-19. You know, we're not seeing a decrease in Afghanistan or Somalia or, or Nigeria, but we don't expect a decrease there anyway. But we're not seeing waves of terrorism perpetrated by Islamist extremists around the world. And part of it may be because these guys don't want to get sick themselves or are happy to get sick and become a martyr and, and then go to paradise on their own. Hey, if you're an ISIS terrorist and you get COVID and you die expecting to go to paradise, good luck, buddy. My guess is you're going the other way, in the other direction. But, you know, I don't want to criticize or uh, try to predict whether you're going to heaven or hell if you're a terrorist. I think you're going to hell, but anyway, who knows? So that's it for this particular Quick Hits broadcast. I, I, I'm curious what you think about this notion of, of non-violent religious extremism during COVID. Are you guys okay with this? Is it okay for people to flout the, the rules and to do, and not take precautions during COVID? I don't think it is, but maybe you think differently. Are you a religious person? Are you not following the regulations? Or are you indeed keeping your faith to yourself, using your faith to help you get through this, but not making other people at risk? Let me know what you think. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also reach me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. If you like this content and you want to receive it on a daily basis, a daily digest of things like Quick Hits podcasts, Longer Perspectives, Intelligent Look at Terrorism, Today in Terrorism, in, in History, you can go to my webpage, www.borealisrisk.com, go to the subscribe button, hit it, put in your information, and you'll receive a daily email with all this free of charge. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.